In a world where busyness is worn like a badge of honor, it's almost impossible to imagine breaking free from the shackles of success. Working long hours, skipping meals, missing or being late to important life events, constantly playing catch up, exhausted to the bones. This has been normalized, especially in the medical and healthcare arena. Practice owners are fleeing to corporate practices or leaving medicine altogether in hopes of recapturing their time and energy. But you are here for a reason and you've been searching for answers. Welcome to Thriving Practice. I'm your host, Tracy Cherpesky. I'm an executive coaching consultant and time leadership expert. I'm mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. I am on a mission to help practice owners take back at least one day per week for the rest of their careers so they can focus on healing their patients and falling back in love with their practice. Together we learn, connect with like-minded practice owners and medical business experts, and expand your connection to an international community of peers. In each episode, we discuss the business of medicine and healthcare, how to avoid the pitfalls of success, and how to improve the bottom line, paving the way to exquisite fulfillment in your career and life. Join us each week to learn how you can grow your practice while focusing on what you love most. You'll want to take notes. So let's go. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Thriving Practice, the business podcast for medical and healthcare practices where we help provider owners grow their business, and take back their time. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Stephen Kupferman, oral and maxillofacial surgeon and virtual medical staffing expert. He's also co-founder and CEO of MedVA, a virtual medical and dental staffing agency. Dr. Steve talked about physician burnout and the causes of burnout. We also discussed how doctors are not trained to take care of themselves, so with patient loads and demands high, plus all of the moving parts to keep a practice operating and growing, there's a real need for additional support. In my business, I've used virtual assistants for various projects and ongoing duties, but I will confess that until I spoke with Dr. Steve, I didn't realize that virtual healthcare assistants even existed, let alone would be a viable possibility for the business model. There's a lot to take into account where healthcare is concerned, particularly with outsourcing, not to mention virtual outsourcing. Dr. Steve's agency, MedVA, vets, hires, and trains nurses and other skilled medical administrative professionals who are well-versed in all administrative tasks for medical and dental practices. The beauty of a well-trained professional hired through an agency is that the quality of the work is high, but the risk and a large portion of the cost are almost non-existent. So most of the virtual assistants who MedVA hires are located in the Philippines, have been trained and worked as nurses or other medical professionals, and speak fluent English. For many of their VAs, the grinding three to four hour each way commute and crazy hours working in hospitals led them to burnout. So this option is a win both for the virtual assistant and for the practice owner because the VA gets to work with an American medical facility while working from home and the practice owner gets the benefit of the high quality work without the high price tag of payroll taxes and benefits and other things associated with having an employee as opposed to a contractor. As you know, 
In business, it's important to look for multiple wins, and this is definitely a great and cost-effective option for a busy practice and for the virtual assistants. So Dr. Steve's parting wisdom is this, trust and take a leap of faith. Think outside the box and focus on getting the right kind of support for you because it will be the best thing for you. Peace of mind, cost-effective, high-quality solutions to consistent and sometimes persistent problems. These are just some of the benefits of exploring whether working with a medical virtual assistant or several is a great idea for you in your practice. So I invite you to grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Dr. Steve Kupferman and his incredible insights. I'm going to call you Dr. Steve, but we, today we have Dr. Kupferman on the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Well, I am excited to share about your company and what you do and the importance of it. And so before we dive in, just let us know where you're located. So uh, I'm located in uh, Los Angeles, California, um, and uh, our corporate headquarters are actually in Arizona, uh, but I'm, I'm in California. Los nice. Angeles. Everybody can be remote now, or almost everybody can be remote. Well, that's definitely true. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so tell us about your company and like, what, what do you do? Who's it for? And then we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, so the company is, uh, is Medva, uh, which is a, um, it's a medical virtual assistant company and, um, it's a company that provides, uh, staffing for, uh, all medical, uh, or, or dental, uh, practices or enterprises, um, throughout uh, the United States, uh, and, and globally. And we provide virtual assistants that can work for any uh, sort of medical or dental office uh, or facility. Um, and they do anything that can be done remotely that doesn't require actual hands-on interaction um, with patients. And, uh, and that's sort of the mainstay of, of, of what we do on a, on a day-to-day basis. Such an important package of services. And as we were kind of warming up in the green room, we were talking about physician burnout. And I think that that maybe is a good place to start. It's like, one, it's a real issue. And also how you can support physicians either in preventing it or sort of maybe recovering from it with the support of a virtual assistant. So can you talk to us about that? Sure. So you know, on, on the physician burnout side, um, you know, I sort of see it in, in sort of two in two aspects. There are the physicians that are, you know, running their own practices or have some sort of management responsibilities within their medical group or medical facility. And they, you know, sort of experience burnout either by sort of doing too much management, you know, or doing both management and patient care. And they kind of burn out just the, the workload becomes just, you know, just too much. And then there's physician burnout for physicians who have no management responsibilities. They're managing patients only. And, and, and they burn out for, you know, a multitude of reasons. Um, you know, some of it is just, you know, the, the, the overwhelming amount of, of care, the, 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 the quantity of, of patient care, the, uh, the number of patients they have, the complexity of the medical the medical care, you know, and then there's the sort of the loneliness of, you know, working after hours, working nights, um, you know, responsibility, life and death, you know, all those kinds of things. 
So, you know, I've always felt that the virtual assistant can help both types of physicians, the ones who are, you know, managing day-to-day operations of a, of a practice and those who are just managing just large numbers of pa- complex uh, and even non-complex patients, demanding patients, patients who really need a doctor. Um, and I think the virtual assistant plays a you know a tremendous role in that, um, both being able to, you know, be in some ways, uh, you know, a confidant for that doctor um, to be, uh, you know, somebody who can handle the sort of day-to-day normal person tasks for that doctor that they just, doctors just are trained to put aside and, you know, stay up late nights and take call and do all these kinds of things. And doctors are trained to not take care of themselves in many ways, take care of other people. And so I think that's part of burnout. And and, and I think the virtual assistant plays a role in, in that. Um, and, and I think it will play a role. I think we're just seeing the beginnings of that. Um, it will play a role and I think it'll play a role mostly because we just can't use nurses for those things anymore. We can't use, you know, front desk Sally for those things anymore. There's just, they're just too busy. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, with the great resignation, and the, 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 the difficulty in getting people to work in your office and to work in hospitals and facilities is, is becoming such a drain on the, on the healthcare system right now uh, that the virtual assistant uh, industry is really set to basically fill that void. I think that's a, a big piece of the puzzle, right? As we were talking about how quickly things change and then, you know, let's throw a global ongoing long-term pandemic on top of that. And you see, you see the impact on the medical industry across the board. Everybody, everybody who works in healthcare is stressed and using the word burnout or overwhelm or something along those lines. So I kind of see, I hear you saying that there's two different ways that a virtual assistant could come in handy. So can we talk about that? Like the doctor that has management responsibilities, like how that can support them. And then also for the doctor who has a lot of a heavy patient load and how that can be supportive for them. Yeah. And of course there's shades of gray in that. There are some doctors that have both, right? They have mm-hmm. huge, heavy patient loads and they have, you know, a small practice and one, one or two people working for them and they still can be, can burn out very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think it's easy to start with the, 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 the non-managing, you know, doctor where, you know, they're just, you know, doing their shifts or, you know, seeing patients in, in an office that, that they're, you know, that's being run by somebody else. And, nurses who are their managers and non-medical people who are are managing, you know, what, what they do, who they see, when they see it, how many they see, how many patients they can, you know, should be, should be taken care of in some particular time based on some metric that is not found in Harrison's textbook. And, you know, um, so, so, so that, that doctor, you know, burns out. um, And I think at 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 probably a higher level, I don't know the data, but probably at a higher level, because they're 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 professionals um, and they're you know they have the same or more training as any executive in this you know in this country yet they they don't have anybody to do anything for them mm-hmm. other than maybe bring a patient into a room take their vital signs put some notes in a chart um, but they don't have anybody to do anything for them um, and so that that doctor um, their their ability to burn out is pretty high and I think if they had a a virtual assistant 
who, you know, answered their phone when they were at a, you know, in with a patient, a, a pers- personal phone call, you know, when they were in with a patient or handled some, you know, personal tasks that they're just not able to do because they're spending all their time seeing patients um, or did some scribe work for them. They were in the room with a patient on, a, on an iPad um, and, and listened to everything the patient said and was, you know, transcribing it or at least writing it in some medical jargon because the virtual assistant's already a nurse mm-hmm. in the Philippines or in Mexico or whatever it may be. You know, that uh, doctor will, um, will be helped tremendously by a virtual assistant handling those things for them on a day-to-day basis, paying bills for them or you know, whatever it is that they're giving up because they're rounding or because they're taking extra call to make some more money or, or whatever it may be. So I think that's really one category of where a virtual assistant can be tremendously helpful for, you know, the doctor who's working for somebody else. The doctor who, you know, has their own practice uh, and has um, management responsibilities within a medical group, they are oftentimes the manager or in some ways, you know, overseeing the manager of the practice. And they, they need to think out of the box a little bit because they're going to have a lot of trouble paying bills when they're realizing that they need to pay $25, $30 an hour for, for somebody to be a medical assistant or for somebody to just answer the phones in their front office. Cause the $10 an hour high school graduate or $12 or $15 an hour high school graduate who's working in in the front office of doctor offices in the past is, is no longer going to be doing that. Not at that amount of money. Um, They're getting jobs that are paying, you know, twice that. um, And, reimbursement for doctors has not gone up anywhere near as fast as that. So I think in LA County, they just passed a, I don't know if they passed anything, but they're talking about having minimum wage in healthcare facilities in the 20 to $25 range, minimum wage for everybody. Um, and, you know, first they said it was going to be only large groups and now it's, it's likely there's no way they can really just make it large groups. It's going to be every, every facility. So that, that changes, um, you know, that changes the equation a lot with respect to overhead doctor overhead. And you just see more patients and more patients. Mm-hmm. So that doctor is going to burn out pretty easily as well. Um, to, and, and just to set aside all of the management they have to do for their, you know, staff, you know, this staff member has this issue in their family. The staff member has that issue in their family. And so, that wears down on doctors too. Um, and so that doctor has a lot of things that they can use a virtual assistant for much more, right? They can use them for billing. They can use them for, you know, any insurance phone call, any insurance verification collections, um, you know, recall of patients. Um, uh, they can use them to answer phones. They can use them uh, to do um, bookkeeping. They can use them to do marketing. You know, they can use them to do any sort of, you know, personal things that, you know, that I mentioned earlier, they can have them do scribing and note-taking and letters and documents and scanning and filing. And it's endless, you know, what, Mm -hmm. what they can use a virtual assistant for. So they have much more sort of opportunity to use a virtual assistant than somebody who's working for, for, you know, a doctor who's working for another group or organization. Um, But they have more, more responsibilities and and they can be very creative and and have people who, you know, are, are really there to help them out as well. Yeah, my mind is racing with just even just thinking about like how much energy that frees up. You know, you may not be able to draw a direct line between all the things that a virtual assistant does and then the amount of time that the doctor recovers, but the energy is a huge piece of it. And most 
if we look at like the 12 stages of burnout, you know, in there is fatigue and just being stretched way too thin, like just spread across all the different areas and everything. And, you know, when I think about someone who has their own practice or who has a management role in addition to seeing patients, that's a lot of hats to switch around during the course of a day. And even just that is mentally tiring, may not be exhausting yet, right? But it's definitely a huge contributor to to burnout. So I mean, I think it would be interesting to see if, I know that this is a relatively new area um, for the medical world, but it would be really interesting to see like what happens to the satisfaction rate, the retention of staff, you know, the people who do work on site, um, physician retention, decrease in the feedback about burnout and, and dissatisfaction and all of that. And probably all of the other things too, claims for need for sick leave and things like that, I would imagine that it has just a huge spillover effect for something so simple, (laughs) right? Like a virtual assistant, there's a lot of complexity to what they do and they have to be trained in a particular way and, you know, all of that. But it's such a simple concept to me. And that's what makes it so beautiful. For for sure. I mean, I, I challenge any large medical group to, to give me percentage of their doctors to give them a virtual assistant and 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 let them do their own internal study you know it's not going to cost a lot of money right. uh, in the overall you know scheme of things you lose one doctor just recruiting doctors is, is very difficult these days so a turnover is very expensive especially yeah. at that level it's you know two times That's, their annual salary minimum to replace yeah. that so yeah so yeah i challenge any any um any medical um medical officer who is, you know, is struggling with this. And I'm, and I'm sure they all are. Every single one of them is um, to, to take 10 virtual assistants for 10 of their doctors and see what the results are. Um, I, you know, it, it won't be a double blind study, but I, I think it'll be a very good study and I think it'll be very effective. And I think that the results will be, be quite positive and it's a, it's a, it's a worthwhile uh, investment, I think for any, any medical group that's struggling with these, uh, these issues. Yeah. Also, you know, a virtual assistant in a country that has lower cost of living means, I would assume, not paying 20 to $25 an hour. And so there's, I think there's, you know, that's a little bit layered, but there's the, sa- the actual savings on the, the cost of the staff. But also, if these are jobs that are hard to fill anyway, even at that $20, $25 an hour, like a lot of people are moving away from certain industries because of the stress levels. You know, we could debate all kinds of things, but the younger generation, younger millennials and Gen Z who are going out into the workforce, they want a quality of life. They're like, there's nothing guaranteed for us. So why should we go kill ourselves at a job? Like, it's not worth it. Yeah. So unless the, the industry itself finds a way to be friendlier and to, to create a, a healthier work environment at a rate that's affordable for the owners of these practices, that's not, I don't see that changing. So this is a, I think a really pivotal point in the medical field for all kinds of things. As we were saying earlier, you know, the pandemic is really shining a light on a lot of the gaps and a lot of the issues. But if we're just looking at, you know, turnover and getting things done and the cost of all of that, both financially and, you know, energetically, I think this is such a great solution. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, it's an incredible opportunity at a, at a, at a critical time in our, in, in, in what is a, you know, a tremendous, uh, you know, change with the great recession. I think this is just a, it's a, it's really a, a tremendous opportunity for, for, you know, groups to take advantage of, of these opportunities. Um, you know, we've been able to do it in our practice and, and, and so many of our 200 or so clients have been able to do it as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, it is transformative in, you know, in many ways. So, yeah. I was just talking to someone who is close friends with a surgeon and they were talking about her schedule. <laughs> and I was thinking about all the things of just what's involved in being a practicing healthcare provider. And she doesn't own her practice, right? But she misses so many things because of just the way that it's structured. And I think about, you know, that's not sustainable. That's a heavy, heavy cost for all people. So if a portion of that load, let's say it's, you know, just air quotes here, just just a doctor seeing patients and not not doing any other load, just thinking about like having an iPad in the room where the virtual assistant is listening and scribing in real time, how much time that frees up. You know, I, I think about just the amount of time that all of my clients say they spend catching up on charting. Yep. Because even if they dictate it and somebody else transcribes it for them, they still have to go back and do that. That is, I mean, that's like having a person in the room doing it in real time. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And, and you know, some people take it even a, a step further, um, especially those who are doing sort of less emergency work. They have their virtual assistant call the patients the night before and do a good amount of the history ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So when the doctor gets in the room, he's already can look at the chart. He sees the history and he knows, you know, a fair amount. He or she knows a fair amount of, of what is going on here. Like what's the patient here for? And they're already beginning to develop their, you know, diagnostic process. And, um, and so they, you know, they may have, they may have, you know, if you, if you, if you see more complicated patients, they may have a chart that's 20, 30 pages just for this one you know, visit mm-hmm. and the virtual assistant who's, you know, could be a nurse if, if, if that's what you want has already thumbed through it and made a small little, you know, summary of, mm-hmm. of, of the visits instead of seeing, you know, going through 200 pages, which you couldn't do in a visit. It's not even possible. Right. So, um, so there are, you know, there are, you know, obviously if you're seeing people for colds and, you know, you know, ER type or urgent care type things, you don't have the opportunity. Those patients don't generally show up to urgent cares. They'll show up to the emergency room. But if you're seeing, you know, complicated medical uh, histories, you, you can have somebody just going through all of that. You know? mm-hmm. And I think that would have a positive impact on patients as well, because you Absolutely. Know, you, doctors are often rushed and they're not trying to rush people. But they, there are all those constraints around them. So if that could be distilled so that the focus is there and, you know, for just making a little bit more of a connection and putting a patient at ease and all that, I think is also a big piece of that. I, I, a lot of my clients will say they're frustrated with not being able to provide the level of even bedside manner type care that they would like to because of how just the constraints of 
keeping, you know, the appointments to X number of minutes and making sure that, you know, the billing is done properly and reimbursement and all of that. So if they had a way to start some of that process in advance, that could also improve the patient satisfaction, but also I would imagine that the physician, the provider gets to feel like they can round out the care that they provide. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, your virtual assistant says you're seeing, uh, you know, Mr. Smith in a few moments, um, here's the, you know, summary of, of, of his, you know, complex medical history. You know, our, our patients are much sicker than they were 10 years ago. They, yeah, for sure. They have, um, we, we've, we've been able to keep people alive a lot longer, you know, um, with, with all the complex medical, um, technology that we've, you know, instituted, you know, in this country and in other countries. And, and so it, it does take time to go through patient charts and patients expect that in many ways, because they'll tell you, well, don't you have my electronic medical record here? You know, you yeah. be like, well, I don't have to get records from here, you know? Yeah. So, I spent an hour doing that last night. Right. <laughs> So, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's just, um, there's just great opportunity for, um, in, in increasing the workforce using virtual assistance uh, in mm -hmm. all aspects of medicine, every single aspect, including dentistry and, and every, every aspect that's there. Mm -hmm. And there's tremendous, tremendous opportunity for it. It sounds like it. And it sounds like also like some, I'm not a financial person, but I do see when I work with my clients that when we start to plug the inefficiency holes, their bottom line improves. So you may not always make a direct line between, I don't know, some general inefficiency and making more money, but it's there. So I think that that's another, you know, there's like the psychic benefits of feeling better. And then there's the benefits that the decision makers are looking for. Like, how is that going to impact the bottom line? And Right. You know, doctors being really tired can lead to expensive mistakes. It can lead to lawsuits and all the things that, you know, we don't want to see happen, but also missed diagnoses or things like that, that then require more time and more digging and more testing and all those things. So I think that there's just, it's a no brainer to me to bring this kind of service in to lighten the load for all of the providers and their teams because that, you know, they're, extra people like their doctor their nurse assistants and you know all the people they're overloaded as well like even just our regular pediatrician like they're a little behind on some of the admin stuff i'm a little surprised by it and it's been probably since the pandemic you know so right yeah i think that i need I some mean, virtual assistance at your, at they your, totally at your, do i know mail me the some pediatrician card. office is, <laughs> yeah you know the pediatrician office there's so many patient visits and every visit has so many different charges and you know you have to document all of the shots and you know mm -hmm. and and then everybody wants their records signed for the new school year and I mean, there's so much paperwork yeah that the, the pediatric office is the ideal, you know, um, office because um, many of them are still, you know, private and um, and they have, you know, uh, just such an administrative burden. It's just tremendous. Yeah. And um, you know, new patients every every day. You know, new new patients, parents calling all the time. You know, and it's hard. It's hard to. It's just hard for them to keep up. It is, and and it's a manpower issue. It's it's really truly a manpower issue. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you 
serve clients around the world, correct? I mean, you're primarily in the U.S., but have clients in other places. So how can we direct people? So I have a feeling people are going to listen to this episode, (laughs) want your number. So how can they get in touch with you? They they should just go straight to our website, um, which is www.medva.com, M-E-D-V-A.com. If they just go to the website, you can easily see, you know, doctor testimonials. You can just see kind of the makeup um, of of our structure, and and then there's of course just a you know a spot to click, put your name and number, and they'll call you within 24 hours, or they'll email you back within a few minutes or whatever it is, and um, and then you'll you know you'll end up talking to our team of people who will find out what you're looking for. Uh, send you candidates. Usually within 24 to 48 hours, you'll have um, a list of of candidates that have usually a video of of, uh, of them sort of telling you what they do, what their you know interests are, and um, and then you know 24 hours later, you can set up a you know a virtual uh, interview, and you know we have a pool of um, of of candidates that are ready to start working. Um, we, you know, we have a, an ongoing training and, and, and a pool of people at all times to, um, uh, to, to give doctors, to start working for doctors right away. Uh, okay. And so um, the time from call, calling us till you have somebody working is, is, is less than a week. So it's, it's very quick. That is helpful too. Just because just thinking about hiring, that whole process is so labor intensive. And so you've done that work for your clients already. You've already vetted people and it's just a matter of them being clear about what they want and need and then fit. Yep. And it takes, you know, it takes a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a leap of faith, but, you know, some confidence in the process in the same way that we could have done virtual medical visits for at least five years before the pandemic, but nobody did it because nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, a few doctors were doing virtual visits even psychologists who can, they don't touch people at all. You know, we're not doing um, virtual visits. When the pandemic hit, everybody realized, well, we have no choice but to do it. I think it's the same thing for a virtual assistant. We're really not at the point where, we, where you have no choice, right? But to have a virtual assistant, we may get there from a financial perspective, it may get there. But, you, you know, you have to take a little bit of a leap of faith. You're going to be doing an online interview and then you're going to give this person, you know, whatever tasks you want them to do. Most of the time it's access to your electronic medical record and they're going to start working remotely on whatever tasks, you know, you needed them to do. So it takes a, takes a, you know, a minute to sort of say, okay, I'm going to do this. And I, I believe in this. I'm, I, I know that. I need somebody to handle all this workload or my staff are going to quit or I need this workload because my staff already quit. Yeah. And I just need to do it and I'm going to do it and I'm going to take that leap and 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 work with somebody who is a trained nurse in the Philippines who just decided not to come to the US like all the other Filipino nurses in the US did. They just want to live there. They have their family there. They they don't want to leave their country but they want to work for, you know, US doctors and uh, and work remotely. And so that's, you know, that's, that, that's really what it's going to take. You still have to train them. You have to tell them about your practice, what you do, who you are, what you're, you know, what you see, you know, they, they need to be onboarded into your mm-hmm. practice. Not, no one's going to be ready to know what Dr. Smith is doing. Um, but you have to take that leap. You have to be ready to go and, and move forward. Well, I think you're providing an, you know, an invaluable service to doctors and to the medical groups. And I hope that 
they start to understand it more. The larger organizations start to understand it more. You know, the numbers don't lie about what's going on with burnout. And this is such a, a viable way to, to head that off at the pass or to start to mend that and bring in a different, a different way of doing things that's more efficient. I think there's probably a great rate of return, you know, on the investment, on the financial investment, because they'll get back so much for it. Um, just really good stuff. I really appreciate you coming on. Before we sign off, do you have any parting wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? I think I think the last part of the conversation really was that that you know I think in many things in in um in life you need to you know you you take a little bit of a chance I wouldn't say that this is a risky proposition in any in any way shape or form but when the time is is right you need to start thinking at, you know out of the box thinking about things that could help you and and be the best for you at that time and uh and I think just you know p- pushing forward and and um uh, and and taking a little bit of a leap is, uh, I think, really important. Um, I, I think all of our clients feel the same way. And, uh, you know, I think what you said, that this is an invaluable uh, service um, to the medical profession, I think is as is, 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 is true a statement as, uh, as you can make. So good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and sharing your time with us. Well, thanks for having me. It was really, uh, you know, truly enjoy the conversation today. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Thriving Practice. I appreciate you coming here week after week, dear listener, to listen and learn how to elevate your leadership, grow your practice, and to think and act like the high-impact CEO provider that you're meant to be. I have one request of you. If you've benefited from this show, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review with your thoughts on the show. Your feedback and review help us get in front of other amazing practice owners just like you. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, 